Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When <laughs> Aldo Montoya was talking, it just said language. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. <laughs> Begins with a U. It ends with an A. Has a meal dish up there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. We are here via the Ica Pro powered DeLorean, watching every single episode of Monday Night Raw from the very bitter beginning to its untimely demise in the year three million or the untimely demise of myself, or Justin Henry, whoever comes first. And who be we? Gave it away there, didn't I? Cheeky little chicken. I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell from Isolation Station 24601. Uh, on the other end of the tin can and string is the bear in the big blue bar cage. He is the head pen of cultaholic. He is the lister without a mister. He is the head pen because if you give him a pencil, he will push it right into your eye socket because he needs a pen because he gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry and he is from out of off of America. So, um, are, are you actually thinking you have a chance of outliving me? Or? <laughs> I, do you know what? I don't know. I mean... I'm pretty sure. I did say that this was the end of me this year. I did say that, that at 36, I'd, I'd be done. But it's looking like I'm going to make it. So happy days. <laughs> See, I think that's what you need to start doing. Because ever since you started doing the whole, I'm going to die before the end of 2020, that's when stuff started going wrong in the world. So maybe the universe is going, everything, everything. Tom thinks that his world is going to end. So instead, we'll just end the whole world around him. Yes, so you need to reverse it by saying, I'm going to live forever, and then things will start turning around. Or the soundtrack to fame will start playing. Okay, so <laughs> either something good or something bad will happen, which is <laughs> generally how life works. It's true. How's your week been, Henri? Well, once you call me Henri, I am not Thierry Henri. <laughs> I'm not... You are, <laughs> you are a football player, you're not? Well... I'd rather play the real football and not that, um, oi. you know, oi, beautiful oi, demon, oi, as you oi, so oi, call oi, it. Oi, 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 like Asuka. Oi, <laughs> oi, oi, uh, <laughs> Less of that, sir. Less of that. We know what uh, football is. Asuka's in the ska music? She certainly is. Hey, yeah, hey, well, hey, hey. Hey, well, Asuka, I, I guess so. John? John? <laughs> Jinx? <laughs> 
that was, uh, that was beautiful. Uh, that was amazing. That's that's where we're at now. Eighty-five episodes in. Incidentally, you, uh, if you Oscar want doing to... a Sammy Zayn's entrance, please. Oh yes. Anyway. Or bonus points. Incorporate Oscar into a specials album cover. If you want to see the delightful photos that John Eiley has been creating for us. So John Eiley is an extended member of the Cultaholic universe. And what he will do is he will bring our flights of fancy to life via the power of Photoshop. And you can look at those if you follow at John Eiley on Twitter. At the end of each show that he watches, he posts a link uh, to his Ko-Fi account. Is it Ko-Fi or Kofi? Kofi? Kofi Kingston? Um, I always preferred Ko.Fi. Co. <laughs> Co. Full stop. Fi account. <laughs> no adventures in Co. Fi. Long winded as possible. <laughs> Co. Fi nineteen. Um, if uh, John Eiley will post a link to his uh, account there, and you can not only buy the man a beautiful cup of coffee, he deserves ten million of life's cups of coffee. But you can check out all the mm. previous photos from episodes of the Classic War Review. Follow at John Eiley on Twitter. Big plug for John to start us off. I don't feel like we plug mm. him enough. Yeah, we do not. We should. Uh, we should definitely incorporate more praise and pluggage for him because he does a great job for us. He even did a logo for me this week, which I have showed you. <laughs> yes, he did. It is beautiful. Describe the logo. Well, remember Taz's promo from Dynamite this week where he basically you know, called WWE out on the carpet for their poor handling of you know testing of their independent contractors at the Performance Center? We don't run a sloppy shop. Yes, so based on that... I had an idea in my head because I'm horrible at Photoshop. I know I know nothing about that little, that version of art. I asked John if he could do a um, a classic SummerSlam logo, but with the words "Sloppy Shop," and sure enough, he came through. Oh, what a guy! A living legend that is John Eiley for doing that. Follow him on Twitter at John Eiley. Right, no more plugging for John. He's uh... yeah, sloppy <laughs> shop. Good promo by Taz though. Taz has been killing it on the mic. He's been brilliant. In fact, Wednesday night was, you know what? Wednesday night was a great night for wrestling. Um, I watched one show, so I can't really well, I watched the say other. it was totally great. But <laughs> You watched the one, and I watched mm. the other. And I thought the one I watched was particularly brilliant. Well, I only ever watched the one show, but the one... But the show I watched was, was fantastic. Mm. So there you go. Everybody wins. Wrestling wins! That's what we like. That's what we like. Uh, anyway, wrestling doesn't win here. Wrestling comes to die here. This is where mm-hmm. myself and Justin Henry watch every single episode of Monday Night Raw. And uh, we are currently deep into 1994. Raw is over a year old now. And we are barreling towards the Survivor Series. Now, where and when are we for Monday Night Raw this week, Justin Henry? Uh, real fast, you're cutting in and out occasionally, so I'm not really sure if that's an issue on your end. Oh, okay. Let me uh, have a little look. Okay. okay. I've uh, I've switched off a device locally that was using a lot of Wi-Fi. Hopefully, that should sort okay. it. Do I sound any better, or can't you really tell yet? I can't really tell yet. I'll let you know in probably oh, about five minutes or so. Sure thing. Give me a nudge, and then if it's still bad, I'll restart the call. Okay. Okay, so let me just make a timestamp. 730, 7.30. So when and where are we this week, Justin Henry? 
Well, it is Monday, November 14th, 1994, two days away from my 11th birthday. This was taped uh, a week earlier in Bushkill, PA, at the Fernwood Resort, the world-famous Fernwood Resort. They bloody love Bushkill, don't they? <laughs> well, I'm, I imagine it's cheap. It's in the Pocono Mountains, which this would be great to have in, like, December or January when there's, like, a lot of snow there. People, people are going there for, like, ski vacations. They could stop and watch the matches and then go back skiing the next day. But, no, they do it in, in like, the summer or the fall when it makes no sense. People love to go to the Pocono Mountains because they're desperate to catch them all. Thank you. That's that's not what that is. Thank you very much. Yes, it is. On this particular <laughs> night, however, whilst we were watching the wrestling from Bushkill, the WWF roster were actually in Europe, Justin Henry. Do you know this? Um, I, I was semi-aware of that. Yes, uh, it was on this particular night. They were on their November Fest tour in Europe, uh, packing out Sherwin, Germany. Would you like the card from Sherwin, Germany? <laughs> November Fest. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. They are nailing the PR. <laughs> Roll on with it. Okay. Quang defeated the 1-2-3 kid in the opening match. I have a brilliant. Okay. I have, mate. And I, I'm my radio instinct has taught me to hook and tease great content, right? Mm-hmm. I have a Quang fact later on that is going to blow your mind. Okay. Uh-huh. Just leaving that there for you. Uh, Bob Holly beat Pierre. Ah, Pierre's still kicking around. Still kicking around. Diesel beat Far Two. I could see that. Two men both hired by Triple H to do naughty things later on down the line. That's uh, true. That's true. Jeff Jarrett beat Mabel, but by DQ. Because it's uh, Mabel just couldn't, I guess, beat Jarrett clean. Well, you got to protect them somehow. Mm-hmm. Got to keep them strong. Smoking Guns beat the Heavenly Bodies. Sounds good. Bulldog and Neidhart had themselves an affair. Now, when you sit, put it in those terms, <laughs> what, what exactly do you mean? Uh, they just had a match, but by based on previous when the when the TV when the TV cameras were on, that match was pretty. Uh, so I I dread to think what it was like when the cameras were off. <laughs> you think they were dogging it? Ah, uh, they had to. They were they were they were bulldogging it, which is even worse. <laughs> Are you saying they were half-assing it with the half of an ass they already brought with them? I believe that it was a match that was half-hearted and half-witted. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> ragging on it for no reason. Uh, but the main event, apparently the crowd couldn't give a monkey's about, according to Dave Meltzer, as Bret Hart defended his WWF World Heavyweight title against King Kong Bundy. What? Yeah, boy! Crowd on into no, I mean, Bundy! I... No, I mean... It... The crowd didn't care. I would have cared. <laughs> Give him that five count. There's Justin in the crowd screaming, count him for five, Bundy. <laughs> well, yes, I I went all the way to Germany when I was 10 years old just to yell that. I thought you did. I thought you might have done. <laughs> um, from Germans to real Americans. This is great. This week, Beavis and Butthead. What uh, on their TV show on MTV watched Rick Derringer's <clears throat> Real American Music video. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, hey, 
Yeah, hit him. Oh, you pissed him off now. He's kick his kick ass. Yeah, yeah, hit him. Slap him in the mats. Oh, yeah, crash him. Stomp the crap hit him. out of him. Hit him, hit him, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, hit him in the head. Yeah, uh, yeah. kick him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a real American. Yeah, yeah. He fights for what is right. Yeah. Fights. He fights. He's like a good role model because he just like did whatever it took to get big. Like he took those steroid pills. Oh yeah, yeah. Those things you like. You shove them up your butt when you have hemorrhoids. No, Beavis, those are depositories. These are these pills that make you, like, all big and strong, but then they, like, make your nads shrink. Whoa, what's the point? Yeah, really. It's like, you know, I may be only, like, above average strength, but it's like, at least I haven't messed around with my nads. Yeah, really. <laughs> Train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, what? be true to uh -huh. yourself, true to your country. <laughs> Homework sucks. What a video that is. And given that this is being released on the on the 4th of July here in the United States, I can't think of a more appropriate time to uh, discuss one of the greatest videos of all time. <laughs> it's a great video. And Beams and Butthead just not only show their love for being American, but also really ream Hogan for steroid abuse. <laughs> well, that just sounds like um, semi-slander. It's Beavis and Butthead, though, so it's seen as uh, a satire. Here's the entire music video Hall of Fame. Rick Derringer's Real American, and Peter Gabriel shocked the monkey. That's it. See, what surprises me is you don't go Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. That was okay. It was, it was no shock the monkey, though. It's amazing video, Sledgehammer. It took took about okay. a year okay, to you know make. What? Huh? I forgot one. Soundgarden's Black Hole Song. <gasps> right, that's the entire Hall of Fame. Oh, that song freaked me out. Where the woman's doing that big smile, cutting the fish. <laughs> in well, she smiles just like you. Keep going. I can do a great impression of a singer, providing they sound like either Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, or Creed. <laughs> well, isn't that all the same person? Yes. <laughs> it's all Scott Stapp. <laughs> Isn't Eddie Vedder just share with with more testosterone? <laughs> Eddie Vedder is share with more testosterone. Do you See? Am I wrong? Am hey, I wrong? You're not wrong. That's the problem. You're not wrong. <laughs> Do you want some beautifully bad Told timing you. from the WWF? Always. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randy Savage was in the office of WCW on the 11th of November <clears throat> working on negotiations, according to Dave Meltzer. Now, the contract hasn't been signed, although everyone expects it to happen. Bad timing department. Not only is Savage on the cover of this month's WWF magazine. I remember that issue. Do you remember the story in it? It was like a big interview with him. It was like a photo shoot with like him and his butt. On his Florida beaches. It was, it was, I think it was him and his dog on the cover of the magazine, actually. In the interview, they bring up the subject of people leaving the WWF to other wrestling groups, to which Savage calls them out <laughs> and <laughs> says that even if another group offered him $40 million, he would never leave the WWF. Well, in Savage's defense, they didn't offer him $40 million. 
So any other financial <laughs> term, I assume, is acceptable. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's, that's true. That's true. It's like the Mick Foley uh, loophole. I wasn't going to be one of those guys that came back in four weeks after retiring. I came back in two. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's also no secret that WCW is interested in hiring Yokozuna. Well, he's not really a free agent, is he? No, but they're going to... This is this is the first inclination of maybe WCW going, what if we just put a bag of money in front of these wrestlers? Well, you got to figure Hogan wants him there so he can go over on him and get his revenge for King of the Ring. <laughs> um, possible WWF signings. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of talk of Hercules coming in as a Cuban gang member. <laughs> so we're just going to pretend that he was never Hercules. We're just calling yep. Hercules something else. Exactly, exactly. And he's going to be from Razor Ramon's past. He could have been Savio. We could have had him in the King of the Ring instead of Savio. I mean, I wouldn't have been mad. I bet you Hercules dancing to Savio's music the way Savio did. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, WWF in conversation with Bruiser Bedlam and the tag team of Dan Crawford and Doug Furness. <laughs> So, well, two out of the three eventually happened. Some heavy, some heavy hitters there. Um, yeah, Bruiser Bedlam um, would not have flown eventually. No, no, that that, that certainly wouldn't have done. Um, mm. One final bit of news: Bret Hart, in between tapings, has been a very busy boy, as he has appeared in season one of a TV show. Do you know the TV show? That would be Lonesome Dove, the series. It was indeed. Bret Hart starring as cowboy Luther Roots in the town of Curtis Wells. Splicey, splicey. Well, what's it like riding shotgun on the stage? Beats working for a living. Well, you gotta shoot people. Only sometimes. Mostly just ride all over Hell's Half Acre. Fort Davis, Del Benita, Milk River. Hell, I even took a run up Sweetgrass Hills. Holy! You think I could get me a job like yours? Well, you gotta be handy with a gun. Look, I reckon I could handle a gun, but I ain't never killed nobody. Ain't so much about killing. It's keeping yourself and your passengers in one piece. Think you could handle that? I reckon so. You know, I have to say, like I, I knew years ago that he did Lonesome Dove, but I never really watched it because when I was 10 or 11, I wasn't into like old westerns and stuff. But I think about a year ago, I went on YouTube and it's like, is there any like footage of Bret Hart on that show? Because I, I just got thinking about it for some reason. Sure enough, I found like a reel of like all his scenes from one episode. It's um, it's a lot cheesier than I would have thought. I thought it, I thought it would have been. Like, it been like a straight up act, like 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 cowboy action kind of show. Like oh, this, this might sound kind of interesting. Oh no, this was like Xena Warrior Princess levels of acting. It is Xena Cowboy Princess essentially. Um, you John, were... do not Photoshop that. <laughs> no, John. Instead, can you get that meme of the wife and the husband lying together, and she's saying she's thinking he's probably thinking about other women, and the other one, the other person is Justin, and the, and the thought bubble says, "No, I want to no, no, watch. No, 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 no. I want to see clips of Bret Hart in Lonesome Dove." <laughs> <laughs> you're a very twisted man i know right um incidentally you watched the probably the same compilation that i did to get acquainted 
with Bret Hart in Lonesome Dove. Uh, the first scene, we see Bret Hart beating up a bunch of lads, being all cowboy hick. And he actually hits an FU <laughs> on one of them through a tent. I believe it because Bret Hart knows all the, every, every move and every counter to every move. Yeah, even moves that hadn't been born yet. The FU. <laughs> Yeah, because he invented it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's exciting. It's exciting time. So that's that's uh, that's the round of the houses of this particular week in wrestling. We well, instead of the fu, instead of the fu, it, it was the yay still. <laughs> it was the nose too. <laughs> A common cry from the dungeon. Uh, let's now turn it over to our boy Justin Henry who will talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Rower. I'd be glad to, but first I have to point out that in, the, in this observer here, I recognize three of the names in the, in the readers' pages. Oh, which is a, good shout. Which is to say that um, some people just hang around the business for a long, 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 long time. This is 1994. It's like, I know three of these people. That's amazing. <laughs> One of whom is one of the men who trained Edge, Ron Hutchison. Oh, really? Indeed, he says his fame wrestling school is starting fall classes for $10 per lesson. Mm. That is a bargain. That is good, actually. That's, that's, well, that's a, that a good, bit of, good bit of cash, that is. Indeed. Shall we uh, crack on with this show here, Tommy? Mate, let us get straight into it. Um, I'm excited from the moment it starts. Yes, technical difficulties... Um. You see, we were supposed to kick off with a match between the one, two, three kid and Bob Backlund, but apparently this tape was kept a little bit too close to the radiator or something in, in the um, Titan Library. And um, actually, you know what? I just had a thought, Tom. Could we edit out that part about Thatcher? So I don't get snitch tagged to him or whatever. Yeah, cool. From, man. Some, from some vengeful fan. <laughs> don't you worry. That's I, fine. If you don't like, if you don't like that, I, that's fine. Okay, so. How about we pick up from just, you know, we kind of start kind of start this part again where we talk about, like, like oh, my God, what, what happened to this match? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. And three, two. So the show begins, and holy hell, what happened to this match? <laughs> <laughs> I was excited the moment that we saw the card at the beginning of this that said presented in the most complete form possible due to original production technical difficulties which we should put at the start of every single one of our podcasts to be honest well yes that is the risk that we assume doing a transatlantic podcast <laughs> but, but, this is not, but this is not a transatlantic podcast because apparently somebody in Titan Tower's video department stored this one a little bit too close to the radiator or perhaps it was under a um it was under one of the water pipes in the in the building, and, and, and there was a leak, and it kind of ruined this episode because we are missing six minutes of this show. It's like it's almost like, it's, it's almost like the Watergate tapes that missing eighteen minutes. So, so maybe something really bad happened, and, and, and they just made this hasty edit that <laughs> because there are six minutes of this show that do not exist apparently. Really weird, and and they don't acknowledge it on commentary, which suggests that this was never part of the plan. Well, no, no, I mean, this probably aired the night that it happened. Hmm. And, and and the missing six minutes, you know, aired out to the United States or whatever. I see, yeah. It's just sometime in, in the years since improper tape keepage. <laughs> Which is the word? Yeah, tape, tape keepage. Tape keepage. This, 
That should be a ring name, Tape Keepage. <laughs> it's improper storage, perhaps. Improper maintenance. This episode got a little bit funky, and they couldn't air it the way it was, so they just chopped off the six minutes. And, um, yeah, they tell us, hey, the six minutes doesn't exist. We're sorry. Why don't they just contact that mo- that monsoon classic guy? He has everything else. He probably has that, too. Yeah, I was going to say, there must be a fan somewhere on the planet that has it. Like, they found that match with um bret hart and and the guy what was his name it was going to be tom mcgee. tom mcgee they found bret hart tom mcgee they must be able to find backland one two three kids well we have part of the match it's the finish but we have part of the match <laughs> it's post finish though isn't it because it's like we literally literally the first thing we see is backland with the chicken wing on the kid and the bells rang. Vince is going, get off him, get off him. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not, it's a pretty solid way to start Raw. I know this wasn't how it aired originally, but in thinking, Raw this past week started in a similar way, where it's like, you join us in progress, where there's a fight going on. And I quite like that. Oh, it is chaotic, but, it, but in, in this case, it's definitely unintentional. Yeah, it's unintentional chaos. I quite liked it. So we tune in with back when winning via submission. I, I gave it four and a half stars. Um, kid appears to be hurt. Brett hits the ring that has to pull apart with Backlund. And there's a lot of officials in there just to see if humanity. And then soon enough, Backlund gets the chicken wing on Brett. But just for a moment, and he lets go. And then Backlund says to Brett, and I quote, I am a convivial individual. I could have been very truculent to you right there. This is my favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> He's too How can good. you not He's cheer Bob Backlund? He's too good. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, he's not putting on a character. <laughs> this is who Bob Backlund is. He is just being Bob, and I love him for it. You see, he did that in order to show Brett what he's going to do to him at Survivor Series. So just, just a little taste. So Backlund goes to leave. And Brett, being the sore loser that he is, jumps back on from behind in the aisle like a coward. Not quite, not quite Gennetti levels of diving through the window to escape Sean levels of coward, but but a coward nonetheless. So Brett locks on the sharpshooter, but then but then let's go very quickly, which affirms the same feeling. Unfortunately, without the um ten dollar words, Brett just tells him at Survivor Series, your history. Oh yeah, that's real. Can't use cooler words than that. That was the opening match, so to speak. And that was a weird start. I, I quite liked it. It was impactful, and it shortened Raw, so that's not bad. <laughs> it's um, it was definitely a, a, a very odd to watch that in in the modern context, especially with the um, technical issues. I'm I'm sorry. I just got a message there, so I was a little bit thoughtful off track now you're all good are you everything okay yeah i just got a little message i was, I was, I was just distracted trying to briefly oh, comprehend was it, it was it the same message i got i believe it was yay look at that synchronicity when are you taking your holiday <laughs> <laughs> let's leave the admin in let's leave the admin in <laughs> anyway i'm leaving the admin uh, in So it's Vincent DiBiase this week. John, choose me two days to book for holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 
Is John is now the Travelocity gnome? <laughs> and then do yourself as the Travelocity gnome. <laughs> We're going to drive John to the home. <laughs> From now on, mate, if we get admin messages, we're just going to read them out. <laughs> oh, that's it. It's a risky proposition. It's risky, isn't it? I like it. Living on the edge of a lightning bolt. <laughs> I, 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 I hope Adam's listening. And and, and, then he, and he carefully plans to send messages to us on the show, like, you know, like... Tom, you're fired. Just like, yeah, pretty much that. <laughs> oh, can I read it? <laughs> we'd like to, we'd like to thank Tom for his service, but he will not be with us any longer. We'll be looking for a, new, we'll be looking for a new idiot to, to read news on a morning. If you know, so, any, if you if you know any, if you know any man children in their thirties that are free. I'm not doing two jobs anyway. <laughs> So it's Vincent DiBiase this week as we as we scramble to find a replacement for the commentator who will never be mentioned again. Which it's weird that DiBiase is a replacement given that um him and Savage had that long feud in eighty eight and eighty nine. also weird, or, or just also weird how crap DiBiase is on commentary. <laughs> yeah, because he was such a great promo. I mean, a great promo, one of the best ever. He's one of them. He's a bit of an anomaly, is DiBiase, because DiBiase was a phenomenal promo, an excellent wrestler in his heyday. But from all, from what I've gathered on, uh, in, on other podcasts, not n- didn't take to being a backstage producer. Isn't that good at sort of training and coaching, and can't do commentary? Like he was very much a a, a one trick millionaire pony, as it were. <laughs> he can handle his own business. He just he just couldn't apply it to others. Yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. He couldn't apply it. Or maybe he just didn't want to apply, and he's just there for possibly, I, coincidentally, the money. <laughs> so we have this um, we have this weird commercial with this elderly woman who apparently had the PlayStation with three beaten up mugs sitting behind her. Just these three goons who were covered in bruises, and they're all banged up because apparently she beat them up. You see, she beat them up using wrestling moves, and the cop taking her statement is so boggled that his eyes start rolling. He looked, what was that? he looked bored, I thought. Like, as she was saying, I'll beat these guys up. I did a drop kick like Shawn Michaels. And it's like, he looks bored. Well, explains a lot. These adverts are so garbage. Like, this is Vince with an idea and people refusing to tell him it's a bad idea and just making the idea. <laughs> that was Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live for a second. <laughs> if it had been, it would have been much better. No, it really won't. Okay. Have you seen Drunk Uncle? <laughs> no, but I've met my Drunk Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's funnier than Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> he certainly is. Particularly when he started calling me Gary for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I will call you Gary for the next for the next hour. Thanks, mate. Okay, so... Mabel versus the Black Phantom. <laughs> Do you realize the significance of this match? I don't, but I did make a note of some of the Survivor Series rap. Oh my goodness! So, Mabel, um, is it? It is. Is it Oscar? Is Oscar back? It is Oscar. Yes. Mabel and Oscar. I thought so. He looked a bit different. Mabel and Oscar are together, and they're rapping together, and they give us a bit of the Survivor Series rap. And now I didn't get all the lyrics to it. I just got some of the the breakdowns about some of their tag team partners. Survivor Series as guts and glory. So uh, is it in the bag? 
it, it is a ten man tag. <laughs> uh, do you know what? They didn't. He didn't even drop that line, which which is that was their first mistake. Uh, <laughs> they love the whole guts and glory, glory and guts Survivor Series. That's what up line. But then it's mm. and it's like they are winging it. And it's sometimes you think maybe write it down. Just a thought. Um, so they so the whole idea is is. It feels like a, it feels like something. It feels like a level from Parappa the Rapper, because it's the way that it builds <laughs> is they'll go. Hey, so who else is gonna be at Survivor Series? And then Mabel will go. What's well, so the Survivor Series? Is Adam Bob? And then Oscar goes. Adam Bob. <laughs> Adam Bob. You know he's on. He's a creation of devastation. Three Mile Island. Always styling, bringing the energy wherever he goes. I... Adam Bob. I want you to know. <laughs> Okay, so I gotta take umbrage there. When you say Three Mile Island, always styling. Yeah, Island and styling like, don't rhyme. <laughs> well, well, no, well, no, not that, that. But Three Mile Island is where a nuclear plant is, is located. <laughs> it was. It's, it, it's not like a hip, cool place. It's the place almost had a meltdown forty years ago. Do you want a, do you want a few <laughs> more um, a few more lyrics from the rap? Well, I do know the Oscar wrapped Bart, Billy, Billy, yeah. Bart. Bang, shoot him up, shoot him up, bang, bang. <laughs> that was the rest of their song. Um, they gave us a bit of Lex Luger as well. They said, so who else is at the Survivor Series? And then Mabel went, oh, the Survivor Series is Lex Luger. <laughs> the Oscar goes, Lex, Lex, do it like this. He's got muscles from head to toe. Lex Luger. Don't you know, Tatanka, you better watch out, he's coming. Lex Luger is coming. He's coming. Coming. I think he did a better than right did. there. Poet laureate. Put crap of the rapper. <laughs> DiBiase's big contribution to this rap is, is telling Vince, please don't get up and embarrass me like Gorilla Monsoon does. I got now I got to see Monsoon dance. Oh, cause he used to stand up when they were dancing. You'd you'd hear Monsoon go, "Oh yeah," whenever they were dancing. It's gonna be a big piece of cardboard he break dances on. <laughs> that was uh, quite a so, moment. But yeah, bit of Survivor Series rapping. So, what's the significance of this match then? Well, you know who the Black Phantom is correct. I do indeed. It's David Heath, aka Gangrel. Gangrel. This is a battle of future Ministry of Darkness teammates. Oh, geez, so it is. So it flipping Big Viss and Gangrel. In fact, JBL brought these two back in nine, in 2004 to try and take Undertaker out on, on his behalf, but they failed. I remember him doing that, like these two plodding down to the ring. Bless them. <laughs> Ten years later. Um, incidentally, Vince McMahon takes one look at the Black Phantom, the man who is in all black with black tights on mm -hmm. and a black mask and a black top calls him the blue phantom. <laughs> so Vince man's colorblind. This must be the technical difficulty we heard about. I think that is the technical. I think that's what they meant. They weren't bothered about, about Backlund versus uh, kid disappearing. It was the fact that Vince can't see color. <laughs> Apparently the vertical hold knob on Vince's TV is messed up. <laughs> Everybody's the blue something or other tonight. There you see Mabel all in blue against the blue phantom. Ted, you're looking blue tonight. <laughs> I'm here with Papa Smurf. <laughs> Look at the blue gushing out of the kid's head. 
<laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> and there's pictures like, like, like a freaking blueberry got stepped on. <laughs> so, um, I I did like the Oscar said Billy Bart. We he could have said Billy Barty. He said, Billy Barty, he's one of Doink's partners. <laughs> I can't tell bits of this because DBRC talks over some of it, as we discussed, and Pyro goes off because it's so good. Uh, they achieve the super uh, mode on Parappa the Rapper, and they go beyond great, and now they're freestyling. <laughs> so that's what happens. Uh, it's, um... It was something. It was something. It's... Um... See, I look at at the at the rapometer of wrestling like this. John Cena is a nine, the Usos are an eight, and, the, and Nick Bockwinkel in the Wrestle Rock Rumble video is a ten. What, this was about a two and a half. Where does PN News sit? About a one and a half. Mm-hmm. Where does um, DJ Ran sit? Well, there's a hyphen in front. <laughs> DJ ran up in your area. It better not be up in my area. <laughs> uh, incidentally, when it comes to Mabel, this comes from the Wrestling Observer. Don't know if this is a mm-hmm. sign of things to come or not, but advertised as top matches for late November include Mabel versus Tatanka. So that's a feud. Get ready for that. He's coming. coming. Uh, Lex Luger versus King Kong Bundy. <laughs> Uh, Smith and Hart versus Hart and Neidhart. And this blows my blooming mind. Bob Backlund versus The Undertaker. How does this company do poor houses? <laughs> I have no idea. They should be raking it in during the new generation era. I, I, I am baffled. So, so we get this match. Mabel hits this nice delayed suplex. We learned that a bunch of wrestlers are going to be on a Thanksgiving flute. <laughs> they had to fly from San Antonio on that Wednesday night Survivor Series to New York City Thursday morning, and all I can think is, how hungover were they? <laughs> oh, they must have been a mess. You just know it. Imagine being the friggin' the friggin' airport employee just watching these guys. You know, come all come out of the terminal just staggering, <laughs> like these giants, like Mabel and maybe Undertaker. Who knows? I think Paul Bear may have been one of them. Must like the spirit of '76 coming through. All these wrestlers wear sunglasses, strangely. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Mabel does win with this with this great looking sidewalk slam. It just looks devastating. Wasn't like, a like, bad like, match, like, to be fair, for what it was. It does help that you have 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 have, have a very talented worker like uh, David Heath across the ring from. Mm-hmm. Always underrated. He's more than just a vampire kid. He knew what he was doing in there. He knows what he's doing. So, history is made in this next segment, Tom. Oh. Very significant history. Because we have the Survivor Series report, and for the first time since we started doing this show, Todd Pentengill did not get on my nerves <laughs> one time. And he was dressed relatively normal. Well, I mean, he was, he was dressed like... As a 1991 office temp, but that's but that was fine because it was stylish then. It was consistent with the time period. Fairly true, but he was he didn't annoy you this week. No, he was just it was a straightforward report. Just nine days away Survivor Series. We have the five matches that have been announced weeks ago. 
Brett Backlund in the towel match, Taker Yoko casket match. Chuck Norris is going to be there. Make sure history won't repeat itself. Tells Yoko not to get out of line as he beats up a heavy bag. So, to, but then Tatanka cuts a promo on Chuck Norris. Says he hates cowboy types. Of course, we got to throw in that that, you know, that old gag. Tatanka is going to die. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that's all I can think. Like who? Like what are you thinking? Cutting a promo on Norris? <laughs> Norris is going to kill you. <laughs> it's like looking at Haku cockeyed. <laughs> it really, it really is. What would happen if Chuck Norris and Haku punched each other at the same time? A giant mushroom cloud that was once the Earth. <laughs> COVID would be cured. <laughs> so he hates cowboy types. I think I think he does say cowboy types, not cowboys, but cowboy types, which which is actually funnier. Equal opportunity. <laughs> so we go. We run through the three Survivor Series matches themselves. They are Guts and Glory versus Million Dollar Team, Bad Guys versus Teamsters. What a lazy name. Clowns R Us versus the Royals. I'm sorry, Royal Family. And Todd made it through the whole thing without being insufferable. And he does get a, a, an almost funny line at the end. That I, I knew where he was going with it immediately, but it's still kind of funny. He throws it back to Vincent DiBiase and says, How does it feel to sit next to a guy with all that money, Ted? That was a nice line. I like that. It was, as you say, you saw it coming from a mile off. But sometimes, just because it's obvious doesn't mean it's bad. And it was obvious, but I was a fan of it. Well, it sure beat his friggin', uh, you know, lawn jockey garden gnome thing that he went on about uh, last week. Tangent last week. Hey, look, not everything could be a home run. Uh, today's was close to a home run. It was. He was at least safe. <laughs> sometimes Todd brings in a run from third base by taking a, a pitch off his septum. <laughs> Incidentally, when it comes to Survivor Series, it is around the corner. We've got another episode of Raw to go before we get there. But mm-hmm. uh, just FYI, myself, Justin Henry, and Matthew Gregg from the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review, all three of us will be getting together in two weeks' time, and we will be watching Survivor Series 94 <laughs> together. Watch along style! I apologize in advance for the... Shizen, we're about to. Uh, For the tangents we're about together. to go on. <laughs> but next week, we'll have John Eiley with us for the uh, Go Home Roll. Exactly. And we are uh, honored to be in the cover in the company of one John Eiley the week before that as well. It's Jeff Jarrett versus Gary Sabal, which is, which is a clue that both Matt and Jeff Hardy were in this building somewhere. Now, this particular, the, the one thing I noted about the entrances for this one, when Jeff was coming down, they were talking about the Survivor Series souvenir program. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you wanted a copy, you dialed 1-800-TITAN-10, which reminded me that they used to be called Titan. What's that? They used to, the fact that the Survivor Series program, to, co- to get it, you had to dial 1-800-TITAN-10. I never, and I forgot, I genuinely forgot they used to be called Titan. Well, yeah, Titan Sports. Yeah, just for, I just forgot and, it was a nice little throwback. Hence the name of James Dixon's uh, history books. Exactly. Titan Screw, Titan over there, and Titan Hello. <laughs> Titan Shattered and Titan Sinking. Titan Shrugged. So that's my observation from Jeff versus Saber. Also, how giving Jeff is, once again, with Jobless. Yes, and uh, well, first DBS wants to buy the Survivor Series programs because apparently they're limited edition. 
Hang on, let me hit up eBay right now and see if I and see what I can get yeah, one for. Yeah, see if you can find one. I'm very intrigued to see whether they are still a thing. And if they're so-called limited edition, um, how how much do they go for? Because I'm thinking that that they're gonna uh, let's see, Surgery's a souvenir program rare. It says of error page. Apparently, it doesn't exist. Damn you, Google. Perhaps like the first six minutes of the show, these don't exist anymore. Program. This is such a compelling podcast. You listen to me search <laughs> no, for uh, just, stuff on they'll eBay. Make their own, they'll make their own fun while this is happening. It's fine. They'll, they'll make their own amusement. Okay. Uh, also, what I'll say is the Survivor Series hotline oh, oh, oh. is promising controversial I, interviews and behind-the-scenes gossip back in the glory days when WWE truly controlled the dialogue. <laughs> oh, I found one. Well, go on. Okay. This rare item. How much do you think it costs, Tom? Okay. <laughs> um... Somebody's got it on eBay, I reckon, for 30 quid. 30, $30. $30? Uh-huh. Um, are you willing to spend one-tenth of that to acquire this magazine? <laughs> $3. A three-year. <laughs> I didn't got to break but, a ten. That's amazing. But if you want expedited shipping, it'll cost you an extra dollar. Oh, I'm not going uh, to pay this, this shipping fee. I'll leave it. I know deal breaker right yeah, there. He's a right deal breaker. It says the magazine is used. I don't want to know what that means. Oh god, it's two pages <laughs> that are stuck together. No, no. This is a very scintillating photo of Paul Bear. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was limited edition, and you went and did that anyway. <laughs> John, no, don't, so, John, no, don't, no, 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 John. You'll get kicked off Twitter again. <laughs> we have the Jarrett Strobe effect, which I assume is, is trying to brainwash the fans to thinking this guy's, you know, worth watching in the upper card. Is this the is this so the hypnotoad to... of nineteen ninety four? It could be. It just it paralyzes the audience, and I'm like, yes, we will watch you, Jeff. Jeff is a viable main event. You are the Cho Cho chosen one. <laughs> Russo just staring and at him, going, "Bro, you train. wait, you wait, bro." We have his teeth sparkle. It's gonna be great, bro. <laughs> so Vince talks about Sonny Bono for some reason. Because I, I guess he got elected to office around that time, and Vince makes it. And Vince makes the <laughs> makes the great segue because from Sonny Bono to Gary Sabal, and and then wrote by one clever pun where I says, "Yeah, he made the Hardys share their earnings." <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of myself for That's that. one. Good mate, you can take the rest of the show off. You've earned it. I do that at this point anyway. <laughs> like L'Oreal, you've earned well, it. If I if I earn it, how much do I owe Gary? <laughs> Wait, you're. <laughs> well, he wants petrol money. <laughs> yes. For those that have no idea what we're discussing, Gary Sabal here is an arsehole. He's a long-time enhancement talent. <laughs> he's a long-time oh, arsehole. <laughs> he, he's a veteran wrestler who uh, he's he's wrestled under the under the name the Italian Stallion, and and you know he's Italian based on his tights, which are all black except for the word Italy and white print on his ass. <laughs> Not an Italian flag, just black tights, white print, Italy. He was. I don't think he trained the Hardy Boys, but he booked them in the Carolinas, and he would bring them with him when he did jobs for WWE, and that's how they first got work, you know, manager for enhancement talents in the mid-90s. But he would also make the Hardys pay trans, 
which is usually a pretty hefty amount and, and, and perhaps a, a very unfair amount. Basically, he was bilking the hardies out of a lot of money, and and there were times where he would just strand them, or, or at least one time he just, he stranded them for you know, just being a dick or whatever. And and the, eventually, the office I think it was Bruce Pritchard found out from the hardies what, what Sayball was doing, so he started booking them directly himself. And cut Gary out as the middleman, and in fact, stop booking Gary Sable altogether as a result. So, yes, whenever Gary Sable shows up, which I don't know how much longer that's going to be, <laughs> we do make the requisite Hardy Boys jokes because that's what he's really known for these days. Yes, he is. He was known as the man that screwed up with the Hardys. He could have rode their coattails to the finish line, but no. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't so, seen Matt so Hardy decent... reference him yet. As part of the broken universe, <laughs> Gary Sabre, yes, <laughs> give me a lift, yes. <laughs> the horse from Italy. <laughs> you could have had, you could have had Gary Sabre <laughs> drive broken Matt Hardy into Daly's place, and then you see Matt Hardy put twenty dollars in his hand. How about just a horse-drawn carriage, but the horse has like an Italian flag draped <laughs> over it? Thank you for the lift, horse from Italy. It's like a romance novel. The horse from Italy. John. <laughs> <laughs> tread lightly. Tread lightly. <laughs> tread boldly. Sable gets a sunset flip for two, but then Jarrett starts working the leg. Sable gets a surprise cradle for two. We learn that Jarrett's facing Fatu on Action Zone. That actually sounds like a decent match. Jarrett gets the figure four. Sable submits. Vince talks about how he can't find Jared's album Ain't I Great, like Vince goes to friggin' stores, and that was that. Vince has never been to a shop. Vince is Mr. Burns in the supermarket going, ketchup, 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 ketchup. Okay, what product would he buy because it has, because it has his face on it? He, we don't... Do you have any McMahon-O's? <laughs> I mean, they had the... um. Count Shocker that the says, well, this kind of looks like me. Vince buys Michelin tires. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he just jacked up. Aren't you the crazy multi-millionaire wrestling promoter that no one likes? No, I'm Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do wrestling. I do sports entertainment, pal. <laughs> Simpsons references. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Call the 1-900 number to hear a controversial Paul Bear interview. I can't imagine what that would be. I put pineapple on pizza! <laughs> <laughs> My God, it is controversial. This monster. <laughs> Paul Bear released from contract. <laughs> Spend a dollar forty nine for the first minute to discuss submission holds. <laughs> what a gouge! <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It really is. Welcome to the Survivor Series hotline. If you didn't get permission, naughty naughty. But Vince McMahon <laughs> forgives you. No, 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 you're, you're doing it wrong. Right. Welcome to the <laughs> Survivor Series Hotline. Here to discuss <laughs> the Sharp Shooter versus the Chicken Wing. Oh, this is costing me a fortune. <laughs> if you feel <laughs> and so forth exactly that boom allowance money gone <laughs> well speaking of parting with money we have Erwin R. Scheister at, a, at an open grave already this is, which in, in itself is the opposite of money <laughs> I'm glad to see IRS still dicking about in a cemetery this week yes. now Admittedly, I, I've never worked in a graveyard. I've never worked in the uh, mortuary business at all. So I don't, I, I don't really know if this is how this works. But why is the casket resting on the dirt mound at an askew angle? He's pulled it up. It's just. Oh, he pulled it up. That's that. What I gathered from this is that IRS. It's the same guy from last week, and IRS has dug up his grave and got his casket out, and. He's because he's talking about like oh this lovely casket that you got yet you owe the tax man money, and then the next camera shot is inside the the hole inside where he was buried, and it's IRS talking to the camera inside the grave. I got from this the IRS dug up the casket, took the body out, put the body in the grave, and has now taken the casket as collateral towards taxes. You know what they should have done here is have Hunter debut by reburying the body. Ah. Uh, put it back Shop in the ground, just pouring soil over it. Yes, the man of three inches would be very proud of this burial effort. <laughs> See, if they had just paid the burial tax, IRS wouldn't be here. Because being six feet under, he says, is not a tax shelter. <laughs> now that was a good line. Uh, that was amusing, but when I was 10 years old, I was probably just like, next. Yeah. IRS versus Undertaker is very much like a tax return, the opposite of money. And you would think that Taker feuding with his son 20 years later would be more compelling. But outside of the flaming rocking chair, no, not really. Mm. 
and the and the video that accompanied their match at WrestleMania. Maybe I uh, take a confused with Bo and have the other last ride. <laughs> That'd be nice. So we come to what to me was the highlight of this show. The King's Court with Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith. Now, if you need to see what the contrast is between Owen and Davey Boy, just watch this segment. You see, both men are going to be the towel bearers at Survivor Series. Owen for Bob Backlund, Davey Boy for Brett. It'll be up to them to decide when the match ends because they will be the ones who throw in the towel on behalf of their of their protege, so to speak. So Owen enters first. He has the towel with him. The supposed towel that Arnold Scullin threw in on Bob Backlund's behalf 11 years ago, which looks very fresh and not at all tattered or frayed. It's a very clean for a towel looking towel. Years old. It's very old. Maybe Bob Backlund uses downy fabric softener. <laughs> Owen vows not to throw this towel in. And Lawler, of course, Lawler firms it back on still the champion. He never lost it 11 years ago. So while Owen's cut, is cutting this decent enough promo, out comes Davey Boy Smith in this incredible blue bodysuit. And the rocket's red glare. Take that time. They've got to sort that out. That's really annoying me. The sound effects <laughs> added to the fireworks and Vince McMahon saying the rocket's red flare. Nothing to do with England. I don't get it. No, I was just reminding you of what happened um, on this day. Uh, let me do some math here. 244 years ago. <laughs> this is appropriate. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't think Vince appreciates how daft this is. It's like, <laughs> it's like somebody, it's like, it's like a French wrestler coming out and McMahon going, yes, Deutschland, Uber Alice. <laughs> they're not connected I'd have been happier if you sang California Uber Alice I mean that would have been funnier it would have been because Vincent Dead Kennedy McMahon <laughs> I, that is that that is the most clever thing I will ever come up with just so you, just so you all know is that the peak have you hit the roof um, yes I certainly have it's all downhill from here so Vince says the boy is carrying the famous pink and black towel. Famous pink and black towel. Yeah, you know, you know the famous pink and black towel. It's everywhere. Yeah, it was on Dancing with the Stars last season. Exactly. <laughs> it gets everywhere, that does. Trying to stretch its fame out. <laughs> so I wrote, and and, and this is not, this is, who this doesn't even cover it? I wrote, Bulldog yells a lot. <laughs> I wrote See, I, I wrote think, some words for Bulldog as well. I want to hear your words for Bulldog. I just basically wrote Bulldog is talking, what a treat. And I I have verbatim the last thing he said. That would be I will not throw this towel in the ring at Survivor Series, no matter what. Bob Backlund will or cannot do to Brett Bet Hart. Tell Bob to put his best hold, which is the chicken wing, and try and put it on the excellence of execution. <laughs> he tried so hard, but he just can't do words. It sounds like he's playing Mad Libs at gunpoint. <laughs> I feel like... I've, 
Now, once I wrote it down, it almost made sense. But the fact that he put the emphasis on what, it all went wrong. I will not throw the towel in, no matter what Bob Backlund will or cannot do to, pre- to Bet Hart, as he called him. Um, it nearly made sense, but the fact he put so much emphasis on what, it felt like the end of the sentence, but then he remembered he had more to say. But just carried on regardless, rather than just taking the sensible option and just cutting your promo short there. <laughs> Davy Boy, the improv master. He really is. Every week he doesn't disappoint. Every week he 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 comes out with he, it's <laughs> Davy Boy Smith comes out every week with a bag full of words, and he seems just to drop them on the floor. <laughs> and at the tone, the time will be eleven fourteen a.m. <laughs> What I got from this promo is at one point Bulldog says Brett will still be champ nine years from now. <laughs> Boy, this is grim. <laughs> this is depressing, isn't it? Because <laughs> a lot's going to change for that entire Hart family in under nine oh, years. Oh, man. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it is grim. So... <laughs> <laughs> every week, every week, mate, mate, every week we fall over when we talk about Bulldog. Every week, without fail, this happened on the SmackDown podcast. It's now happening on the Raw podcast. I love, I love Davy Boy Smith. I am such a fan of the of the, the 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 history that he has, of the impact that he had in wrestling. He represented the UK like proudly when I was a kid. It was like the guy from where I lived on American telly, like a hero. Don't want to underestimate that. But what I will say, this man can't talk. He absolutely no, he can't. can't talk. I, I, I did write in my notes, let me tell you something. Oh, and, the, and my next line was, you have a Mike Davey. Every, <laughs> let me tell you something is the, is the wrestler's favorite thinking words. And we all have thinking words because we're frightened of silence. So let me tell you something is a brilliant wrestling thinking word because they can say it without really having to process it mentally and they can allow the next set of sentences to fall out. <laughs> but then but then they do and they don't. Uh, they, they do, but in not in, it's, um, it's the old Morecambe and Wise sketch. I'm playing the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> It's like he's reading an eye chart in a room where they're doing heavy machinery next door. <laughs> so he has to yell, <laughs> X, Z, J, L. That's what it's... <laughs> and when I say doing heavy machinery, I mean working with heavy machinery, not actually, you know... Not with, being not with Otis, Otis Tucker. Tucker sandwich there. <laughs> no, it's... it's... That's something entirely different. <laughs> so Owen keeps talking. So Owen keeps talking after Bulldog leaves, probably trying to get things back on track here. Then DiBiase makes the reference to Victoria's Secret, and Vince acts all appalled and astonished. Yeah, I didn't get this. I I guess the idea that DiBiase is referencing a you know ladies undies is like why did you guys say that? Because Vince turns into Davy Boy apparently. <laughs> he does not. Bob Buckland will or cannot do to bread out. The garbage man can. That's what it sounds like right there. We have an ad for Sunday Night Slam, which we're skipping, although perhaps with this life we should we should have reconsidered that. But, eh, that's just, well, 
one more week to slow us down. We got Owen versus Davy Boy. I, w- I wish we were a debate, but it's a match instead. <laughs> and we got the smoking guns and the heavenly bodies. I think it's those two matches plus Yoko squashes some poor enhancement talent. That's actually not a bad little lineup. Yeah, and then lots of other bits. But we've decided this time to, like you say, it's just another it's just another show on the way, and we want to get to the meat that is SummerSlam '94. So we've got the we're not going to cover it. We'll talk about Survivor Series. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> all that too. Um, we will um, we'll be we'll be skipping Sunday Night Slam. We'll talk about it on the next podcast with John and. Uh, then we'll do Monday Night Raw, and then we'll do Survivor Series with Chuck Norris. What a time. And speaking of uh, manlyhood and virility, we have our next match, which features the debut of one Portuguese man of war, Aldo Montoya. Oh, get in! He's here! Old Portugal represented! <laughs> Aldo Montoya versus Brooklyn Brawler, and I have a theory here. Okay. I think the reason why Brawler was the opponent is so that we knew Montoya was the baby face. <laughs> Just in case there was any shred of doubt that this Absolutely. guy was the good guy. Yes, if it was Rambler Rich Myers, we might not know. Would you like some some facts about the, uh, the aforementioned Aldo Montoya? Please. Okay, so uh, this is, of course, PJ Polacco a.k.a. Mm. the man who will go on to be known as Just Incredible in ECW. And mm. it wasn't actually meant to be a Portuguese man of war. Do you know what he was meant to be? Do tell. Inspired by the World Cup, Aldo Montoya was meant to be a Portuguese soccer player. Uh-huh. Mm, going to let that little bad boy sink in. Uh, this comes from... Uh, Polacco's interview for Hannibal TV. Polacco says, In those days, the World Cup was coming, so what better way to embrace the culture than to have a Portuguese soccer player? But it didn't come out. The second drawing of the of the outfit, of the character, they came up with was something that looked like a Power Ranger, a mask with a big long mane of hair and shoulder pads like the Road Warriors. Picture that in your mind's eye, Justin. So we've got mm-hmm. mask, big long mane of hair, shoulder pads like the Road Warriors. Looks pretty cool. Pretty so, cool. So what happened? All Polacco says is, hours before going live, they hand me the outfit, and it looks nothing like the drawing. <laughs> uh, the mask ended up being the cane mask. The first one they made was a hard leather mask, which was difficult to breathe in. Um, but it was it looked like Kane's mask, but it was yellow. Uh, so they swapped it out for a cloth one. But the mask they initially designed for PJ Polacco would go on to be the prototype for Kane's mask in 1997. So a yellow version of the Kane's mask, which I'm not really sure even that sounds cool. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It really Yellow's doesn't. not a flattering color. Uh, he also says that he was presented with the outfit and the character... Uh, not via Vince McMahon, not by a producer, not by a head of creative. No, by the seamstress who handed in the outfit and said, there you go, I've been told to give you this by somebody. <laughs> it's right, <probably> Fuji. <laughs> it's Fuji's pranking again, isn't he? <laughs> him, 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 him and Owen are hiding behind the corner laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of different ways this very random character could have gone, but the whole Portuguese thing was inspired primarily by soccer, by the World Cup. 
So I'm actually kind of thinking they could have they could have done like a like a Vega from Street Fighter, something along those lines would have been a much cooler look. But instead, we get Ooh, been cool. we get the we get the piss colored jack strap. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be heartbroken, wouldn't you, if you're Polacco, knowing that you had this great character coming up, and then they hand you basically the 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 cheap version of the fancy dress costume. Or better yet, it's like that time when you order a fancy dress costume on Amazon, and then it's compared to what actually turns up. I'm, I'm picturing him putting the mask on going, it even smells like piss. Portuguese <laughs> 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 man of piss. It's the Portugal whiz. <laughs> uh, regard, but despite that, as you're, as you're about to talk about, as a wrestler, not bad. Yeah, he's fine. He's uh, he, I mean, he's just incredible, as we would soon learn. Hey. He wrestles a Brooklyn Brawler. There's a kid in the crowd clapping out of pity. I, I see him trying to, you know, just be nice and like saying, ah, the seamstress tried. So Montoya is such an important wrestler. This debut is so important that DiBiase and Vince discuss game shows for a while. <laughs> this annoys me because I don't care. <laughs> If the character that you've debuted looks a bit like a piss-covered uh, luchador, um, <laughs> but the point is, it's a debut, and I just and I hear I hear it in AEW a lot now. I can't bear that the fact that you have a debuting character and all the emphasis isn't on this amazing thing that we're seeing. Like, I, I hear it today in AEW. I hear Jim Ross and Giovanni go off on their own tangents when someone's debuting, and it really drives me wild. And I heard it here, and I was like, I don't care if this character's garbage compared to what you thought it might be. Like, put a bit of effort into trying to get him over on commentary. Well, maybe they just realized it was a lost cause the minute they saw it. Oh, you at least try, though. I don't know. I feel like commentators are the last line of defense for a bad gimmick. And you can, with with a great line or a great spin on commentary, you can make something like that come alive. You have the power to, and it annoys me that people don't choose to use that power. Well, I mean, Montoya gave it the old college try. He hit this nice Pescado one brawler at one point. And, of course, you know, the jobbers have to get offense on this show, so we, we don't know that this is an enhancement talent squash match show. He gets a neck breaker. DiBiase hit, hits the movie plug for the movie Young Guns. He... Bungles it several times. Vince is, is just disgusted while Brawler's in control. So Vince redoes the... He redoes the copy himself. <laughs> wow. He gives it another run-up, which is, a, which is a sad indictment of Ted DiBiase. But see, it actually pays off in a moment. Inadvertently. Because you see, after Montoya hits the world's slowest Hurricane Rana, which, I mean, I guess it was fine, but it was like slow motion. I mean, Brawler really had... He's not taking that move very much. Get a nice twisting crossbody to finish the match, and we and we, and we realize that DiBiase is taking a shine to Montoya. Don't you see, Tom? DiBiase's blind. He can't <laughs> read the promo copy, and he thinks Montoya's the next big thing. <laughs> well, Ted DiBiase really likes that blue wrestler in the ring right now. <laughs> that cactus is right. <laughs> So, so, Ted DiBiase apparently has a vision problem. 
<laughs> now it makes sense. Oh, God. <laughs> so, we have a little bit of exposition after that, but first, we get an ad for one of the greatest video games in the history of man. Raw for Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and Game Gear. Oh, this was the final effort by LJN to make a WWF game. This was their final shot at doing it. And it was and it was glorious. It was it was certainly their best effort so far. It actually was the the first and only WWF video game to feature or to depict a female commentator. That's right. The, I think it was the Game Gear version. It had Stephanie Wyand. It was a 32x version, was it not? Or was it 32x? It was her I, and Monsoon. Yeah, because the 32x version you alternated between I think McMahon and Lawler. Lawler. And Wyatt and, Wyatt and Monsoon on the commentary desk. Um, also, the 32X version featured one extra character that you could unlock. Uh-huh. And that character was one of the final... It kind of like... I, from what I can gleam, and you could tell me if I'm right or wrong, it kind of felt like he was, he was depicted as sort of the final boss of the one-player mode. Um, I don't know if that be. is the case. Um... But it was only in the 32X version that you could play as Quang. Well, I wasn't sure if he was the final boss. Pushing Slavia Vega is Shao Kahn. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but he was only available in the 32X version. For... His outfit on the game was wrong because he had no shirt and he was, like, in shape. It was really odd looking. Oh, mate, it was everything was wrong, right? The only thing they got right was the spelling of his name, right? So his outfit was wrong, his mask was wrong, his body type was wrong, and all his moves were wrong. They didn't have a single Quang move. He just had, like, a, a mishmash of other wrestlers' moves. It was such a half-hearted effort to put an extra character into the game. Obviously, they didn't want to use up too much of the RAM, maybe, so they pieced <laughs> Quang together from different parts of other wrestlers. Yes, he's an identikit wrestler. He pretty much is. But that was my fun Quang fact that I teased right back at the start of this podcast. Little you Quang. did tease it. I did tease a little delivered. Quang fact, and there you go. Slap, bang, deliver. So did you? were you a fan of WWF Raw? I love that game. It was certainly the best effort they had, LJN, because they had some stinkers. Um, they finally nailed the grapple system in this one. They did, and... It, just all the different moves you could do on here, which was, like, revolutionary for a WF game at the time. I mean, in addition to the finishers, I mean, you had, like, DDTs, which was which were new to the games. You had, like, Samoan drops. Just, like, even then, like, that rudimentary move sets, it, it, it was still, like, like you know, it was highfalutin for the time. You had the Brawl matches, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. The, the Tag Team Tornado matches were fun. Of course, they were called Bedlam matches. It was just... There was just... It was so replayable even then, like even a few years later. The roster as well. Normally when a game comes out, there will be some anomalies in the roster. Guys would have come and gone by this point. But the roster for this was, was pretty on the money overall. Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Yokozuna, Bam Bam Bigelow, Razor Ramon, Lex Luger, Doink the Clown, Shawn Michaels, 1-2-3-Kid, Owen Hart, Diesel, Luna Vachon, Quang. Okay. Um, well, she was gone. Luna was gone. Luna was gone. Um, Crush and uh, Macho Man. Okay. Well, the game. Well, the Game Gear version had Crush and Savage, not 
Oh, the, the two main that versions was and... the Game Gear version. But this would be the last WWE game he would appear in in over 16 years for Randy Savage. Yes. He would return in the game world, but not in the real life world. Unfortunately. But it was a hell of a game. It was it was a really, really strong offering by LJN. I love the mega moves. The mega moves were always just a bit fun. Is just playing as Yokozuna in a Royal Rumble match and doing the cannonball in the ring and knocking everybody down. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Or the Owen Hart tornado where you just <laughs> around the ring and just start hitting everybody. <laughs> I, I'll never forget, we were playing at my friend's house one time. He had a little brother that we always picked on because we were assholes. <laughs> and he wanted to do the Yokozuna cannonball. So we, so, so we told him the button combination to do it. He goes to the top rope. I run up and knock him off the ropes and, and eliminate him from the match. He oh, was so mad. You absolute asshole. He cried. <laughs> making kids cry, brah. Yeah. Justin yes. Henry, brah. Making kids cry, brah. I, I was a heel doink of South Jersey. <laughs> so, anyway, enough fun and nostalgia. Back to crappy reality. <laughs> Slap bang to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> DiBiase is now trying to recruit Aldo Montoya because he only brings in the best. I feel like these. I feel like that statement is flawed somehow. His phone is ringing off the wall. That, that's right, not the hook, but the wall. Because <laughs> he, he he lives in an airplane landing zone, <laughs> or, or or near a public phone box that he's claimed is his. <laughs> DiBiase is falling on hard times. <laughs> My phone's ringing off the wall! Cut to Diviossi, right? With a blanket wrapped around him next to a phone box. This is mine! Stop it! So Montoya says something to Diviossi following his pitch. He says it in Portuguese, which which I'm going to assume was Portuguese. It, it was not English. I had the subtitles on for this. I know we have the subtitles on in case I catch a little bit of, uh, or miss a bit of fun dialogue. And when... Please tell me. Please tell me in Italian that they said speaking Portuguese. No, it didn't even say that. When <laughs> Aldo Montoya was talking, it just said language. <laughs> <laughs> it just says language. Can't even be asked to, to, to write down which language it is. It's just a language. <laughs> what language could the Portuguese man of war be talking? I just thought, if only there was a clue. <laughs> was a so, clue. So the captioner had five minutes before lunch. And he had to make a decision. And he realized, well, either way, my brain off, it's going to taste the same. So he just said, screw it. I forgot about when he came back. He just said language. <laughs> A few years ago, at the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremony, legendary pitcher Pedro Martinez went in. I, I believe he's – hang on. We'll get the country right here because it is very distinct. I, I want to say he's from is – he, is he Dominican? I think he's from the Dominican Republic. Let me just make sure. Da, 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 da. Yes, he's from the Dominican Republic. Toward the end of his speech, he spoke in Spanish to his family that was there. And someone had the closed captions on when they were watching it. And they posted a screen cap and just said, speaking Spanish. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, to be fair, it, I mean, I could see where they only knew English and they just didn't want to, you know, venture a guess as to, like, it's, if you don't know the words, you can't really spell them, can you? It's just too easy to, uh, <laughs> to it's, it, it's, it takes too much effort to actually figure out what they're saying. 
I mean, it's getting the benefit of the doubt. It's like speaking Spanish, like, wow, good guess. Anyway, so Montoya says something in Portuguese. I know he has a busted lip at this point. Brawler must have really slugged him. Mm. So the Mont so Dibiase, um I think he basically just restates his pitch here, and Montoya tells him in English to shove the money in his ear. <laughs> so because... close to a cool line. So close. Yeah, so close, but it's. it's... I mean. <laughs> You do notice that in wrestling when someone – if you can't say, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to shove it up your ass, whatever, then whatever you say is going to fall way short of that. There's like no clean way like like I'm going to tear your head off or is that too violent? I'm going to knock all your teeth out. I mean, I mean I mean, there are ways to sound cool without using foul language. But stick it in your ear is just – It's like, funny. It's just a daft line. Just go to the Joe Best route. Like, I'm going to give you such a pinch. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to pinch you so hard in the nose. You ain't going to know what's coming. And that guy should have feed with back and it would have been the greatest thing ever. <laughs> You're an old time in your ear. <laughs> Just a joke. That's Jimmy Montoya's character. <laughs> The man who learned English watching all three Stooges shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so he speaks like him. I learned it from the Stooges. <laughs> he wins the match. He does the curly shuffle. Brings a ladder in the ring. He starts doing the spot. He starts spinning around with it on his head. Like he's curly. This is. We've just made Montoya a thousand times more interesting. Indeed. Took us no time at all, Vince. <laughs> See, that's all you had to do is give him Larry's hairstyle. <laughs> hey, DiBiase, I'm not accepting your money. <laughs> what do you think I am? A schmuck. I won't take your nose, though. <laughs> and he pokes him in the eyes. <laughs> You guys can't get the hand up fast enough to block it. If <laughs> you guys give him a fist pound, he does the windmill move, move and hits on top of the head with, his, with his, the bottom of his fist. And that is where they bring the sound effects back. <laughs> See, that? now that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Not really, but, but... I love how we go, that would have been cool. <laughs> Mate, yeah, we but... don't know what cool is. <laughs> no, we don't. We're watching these shows on a weekly basis. Speaking of interesting... We come to a show-ending interview with Lacey Evans' mother, which is a lunger blaze in a <laughs> giant hat. I mean, a colossal hat. That is a big hat. The one thing that always struck me was how big her hat was. If they had that action figure with that hat, Waylon Smithers would have been the first in line to get one. <laughs> it's like one of Madeline's classmates. It's one hell of a hat. One hell of a hat. <laughs> it's like auditioning to play Carmen Sandiego. Do you know what? There was an element of Carmen Sandiego about her. Yes, because uh, she's plugging her match in Japan with Bull Nakano at the Tokyo Dome. Yes, this is a thing that's happening. So we know where in the world she's going to be. Where in the world will Alundra drop the belt? <laughs> 
See, I keep thinking of the See, cartoon series. Tell me where is is Bulnacano? Where is Bulnacano? She's in the Tokyo Dome. I was thinking more along the lines of the uh, game show that was on a uh, PBS in the early nineties. That I, I used to watch I've religiously. It, but I've never seen it. I'm aware of it. It was a great show, actually. So, with that aside. Of course, Blade loses the belt off-camera in WWE. We just see highlights of it later on. Can't happen on Raw, can't happen on Superstars, can't happen on Survivor Series. No, it's got to happen in Tokyo on a non-WBF event. We plug three shows here at the end, but first, before we get to the plugs for next week's and uh, all, all, all that good stuff, we have, a, we have a little something from our good friend Zumbowitz, who apparently, apparently, Tom, has learned... What happened on the first six minutes of this roll? He has indeed, and he will tell us in the form of song. Well, it seems this week on Raw, something went horribly wrong. Technical issues, and all we saw was the finish of the first match. Finish of the first match. We have no clue what happened here. The first six minutes just disappeared. Now one question rings loud and clear. Where's the rest of this match? Where's the rest of this I match? I couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, I just had to know. So to help my mates Justin and Tom Gamble, I promised that I'd search high and low for the missing moments of this match. I tried for days until I found some random bloke in a random town. He went to the show and gave a rundown of what really happened in that match. Back from my journey, I must tell you all about the greatest six minutes we never saw. Backlink came flying off the top rope with a 450 splash that looked super dope. The one, two, three kid felt a rush of rage and chased Bob with a chainsaw up the stage. During all of this, we had Vince McMahon, who never mentioned football once. Yeah. The Macho Man made a shocking return, and some Vince through a table, it was just superb. Fans were electric, the building shook, which woke Kevin Dunn and made him look at all of the cameras, still not on Vince's screen. And the fun was gone, so there you have it, that's what I was told. Happened on that Raw six minutes ago, it's a shame it was never shown on TV. This match had to be seen to be the yeah, yeah. Now it's possible that man I talked to may have been crazy, but I choose to believe him. I can believe that. I mean, it was such a surreal time that I'm just sad that we missed all that. If you think that didn't happen, you are calling Stromowitz a liar. And uh, and who are we to doubt him? Because he's a. Uh, I learned to not doubt. Well, I don't know who. I, actually, I don't know who I learned to not doubt. I, I, I started the sentence and I had no idea how to finish it. <laughs> who are you to doubt Al Stromo? <laughs> Alright, that's his new name now, El Stromo. You to doubt El Stromo. He, he's a jam up guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> Stromo. Thanks. So you, we Stromo. plug. <laughs> so we plug three shows that take place in the span of about thirty-two hours or so. 
We have Fatu versus Jarrett for Action Zone on Sunday. They plug Sunday Night Slam. And they plug Razor versus Diesel on Raw next week. It's a busy weekend. The Survivor Series coming days later. And then we get an odd recap video to end the show. Yeah, it's um, just it's. I've not seen this before. Now I have a theory on this, on why they did this. Um, okay. Because in the radio world, we have a particular song that is a radio presenter's favorite, and it's Delamitri "Roll to Me." The reason it's a radio presenter's favorite is because it's a really short song. And if you are back timing your radio show, so therefore you have to hit the top of the hour dead on so you can get the news. If you find that you are running under or maybe running over, you can squeeze Delamitri Roll to Me in and it kills two minutes. It's a perfect little filler song if you need one. And I feel like their timing for these episodes of Raw have been so shocking as of late that that was like a little bumper to make sure that they hit time. It, I mean, it could have been. It's a hack theory, but it's a theory nonetheless. I mean, they were just filling. It was a lot of filling, though. Yeah, and and actually the version on the network could use a little bit of filling, but of course we didn't know that until somebody messed the tape up. <laughs> and that they certainly did. It was what it was. It was. Uh, it was a terrible episode. To be honest with you, I wasn't massively anti-Aldo Montoya, as I thought I would be. It was, um, it was just a show. It was just a show. We're just, on, great, we're just, we're just scooting on the road to the uh, the Survivor Series now. We're just ticking along nicely. Yeah, and then after that, it's uh, a little while before the Royal Rumble, as we delve into 1995, and... That'll be the year that either makes or breaks us. Probably breaks us. I have a horrible feeling it might break us, mate. <laughs> but we will we will cross that bridge when we get to it. So next week we are joined by the uh, ever-fragrant John Eiley, who has been providing photoshops for this podcast. If you follow at John Eiley on Twitter, you can find the link to them there. He will be here in voice next week as we get ready for the go home for Survivor Series 1994. And then the week after that, it is a Survivor Series 1994 watch along special as we, as in me, Justin Henry and Matthew Gregg will be watching the 1994 Survivor Series together like a happy family. Oh, what a nightmare that'll be. It'll be a nightmare. Until can't wait. Oh, mate, I am chomping, champing at the bit, rather. Until we get there. Until next time. He is at JRH Writing. I am at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. LJN knocked it out the park one more time, but what the hell was wrong with Quang? Love you, <laughs> bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 